today's message is, is simply this, and it's based upon a song that I uh, remember from growing up in the church, and it's this, I don't know about tomorrow. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you don't know about tomorrow. <laughs> you may think you know, but you probably don't know. Uh, James 4, uh, verses 13 through 17 is our text. And the Bible, the Bible, though God exists outside of time, the Bible does say a lot about time. And uh, the most important thing that the Bible, I think, communicates to us about time is something I think we all realize already, and that is time, our time is limited. Amen? And time can be utilized in one of two ways. We can either use time or we can waste it. We can either invest time, right, or we can squander it. Uh, But either way, once time has been used for the good or for the bad, once it's been used, it can never be recovered. And, And so time is important because we do have a limited supply. Now, as a man of a certain age... And, uh, I, I always tell you this. I realized through the years of, of my, uh, through the days of my life, growing, growing up, you know, uh, and, and I always say this because, again, I, little children, uh, uh, it seems like everything takes forever. Particularly Christmas getting here, you know. I used to sit in school and just watch the clock and just wait on everything, and it just seemed there was so much time. It was never an issue or concern. And the older I got the more and more quickly. I don't know what happened, how thing, they sped up this thing, but it's like the older I get, the more... I mean, I cannot believe that it is already already uh, a, a new year. I couldn't believe it, that Christmas was on us. I felt like I had just put up the decorations from the previous Christmas. You know, it just, it just keeps... Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future, right? <laughs> but, and, and so we do. And I, the, So the older I get and the, the more I understand it, the more I realize what a precious commodity time is and, and, and what a limited supply that we have. And, and you know, sometimes we, think, we start to think, you get, and some, a lot of you are younger, you might not think about this, but as you get to, you know, maybe to a certain place in life, you, you start thinking about how much time do I have left on this planet? How much time do I have left? In this life. And only God knows the answer to that question. Psalm 90.12 says this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And, and, and um, so one of the things we understand with every passing year. This is, this is the truth no matter what. We're always closer to the end of our lives than we are to the beginning. Right? And so, I mean, I know this, this, some of what I say today might sound just a little bit morbid to you, but I think it's, it's an important reality check for us, for, for us all. You know, for instance, you know, I, at, 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 at wherever I am, and I don't talk about age anymore, you know, I don't. But, you know, I think, well, will I live another 40, 20 years? Will I live another 30 years? Will I, become, will I live to be as old as my dad was or my, my in-laws were? You know, who knows? I don't know. The answer is this. God knows. Amen. And I heard, I did hear some, some, some gentleman say this. If I had known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. Was that you? <laughs> Your dad said that as well. <laughs> but I remember, and I remember sharing this verse because as it was rendered in the NIV, I, was, I shared this with a dear person in my life who was dying. She was on her sick bed, dying from cancer. And just, just as a word of encouragement and it blessed her because we find these words in Psalm 139, 16. And it reads like this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Just reminding that person, encouraging them that in your journey and in your pain and in your, you know, even though you may be at the end of your life, God has all of your days. They're numbered. They're in his hands. It's all a part of his plan. 
And so the good news is that all of my days are written in God's book. And uh, the bad news is that I don't know where I can get a copy of that book. Uh, but all of my days are written in God's book. Uh, and so because that's the truth for every one of us, then what we're, called, what we're called upon to do is to walk by faith, knowing this, that our future is in God's hands, right? And I say that to us as we look towards a new year and new opportunities and new challenges and new realities. And so in light of that, this morning I just want to look at James four thirteen through 17. And I want to look, look at four aspects from this text. And the first one has to do with a common mistake that people make. And it's found in verse 13. And then the first thing is this. It is a foolish boast. And look at the text there. It says, this, in, in James' writing, he says, Now, listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Now, what that appears to be is, the, uh, is a portrait of a, what you would consider to be a successful business person, right? Uh, and look at, look at what this person has. Number one, they have a plan. Says today or tomorrow we'll travel, and so like any smart business person, any wise business person, uh, there there's there's room for contingencies because he might he might leave today or he might leave tomorrow. So it's it's good to approach business that way because you can't control all the variables. It's good to have a plan, right? He has a place in mind. He says we'll go to this or that city and spend a year there and do business. And he, not only does he have a plan and not only is there a place in mind, but he's looking at the potential of, for a profit because he says, I'll, we'll carry on business and we'll make a little bit of money. Amen. And so why make plans and why travel from this place to that place and why stay a year? Or so if you don't plan to profit and make some money, right? And so now there's nothing wrong on the surface with any of this. Uh, show me a business person, an entrepreneur who doesn't want to make a profit, and I'll show you someone who will soon be out of business, and they're not a very good business person, right? We have to plan. We have to think ahead. We, we have to have goals, right? So the question is, what is wrong here? The, the problem is this, and that is that this man has left God out of his thinking. He believes, as a lot of people do, that he is the master of his own fate. And so he approaches life like this, like he's in control. Note the phrase, you who say, that's a tip-off. This man not only makes plans, but he brags about them. James says, you who say, you who boast, you who brag. He brags about them to others. But guess what? This man is a fool. Why? Because he leaves God. This man makes the presumption that he can control his own future. This man presumes that his plans cannot fail. This man presumes his own success. This man, in biblical terms, is a fool. And he's a fool not because of his plans, but he's a fool because he leaves God out. He's not a fool because of his dreams, but he, because he left God out. He's not a fool because of his desire to make a profit, to make money, but he's a fool because he has left God out out. So we have a foolish boast. Number two, there is a sober reminder in verse 14. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so look, you see the uncertainty of life. No one knows what tomorrow holds. Don't we often forget how fragile life can be? I mean, just one phone call and your life could be changed forever. Things happen so quickly and sometimes 
weird stuff comes out of nowhere. Tragedies and the words of the song we used to say are commonplace, right? There's the uncertainty of life. There's the brevity of life. James 4.14 reminds us that life itself is a mist or a vapor that appears for a moment and then vanishes away. You know, it's been cold outside, at least for us Californians, right? And so you go out and you blow your breath and you see that little vapor or you try to uh, blow your hot breath on a cold window pane. And so, but you have to work fast to, to write it, your name in it before, before the vapor disappears. And that's your life. All 70 or 80 or 90 or 50 or 60, whatever the, the, the extent of your, of your life, your life is just simply a mist or a vapor that begins to, it starts to disappear the moment you're born. It starts to dissipate. We really aren't here very long, right? George Bernard Shaw once observed that the statistics statistics on death are quite impressive. One out of one people die. (laughs) Someone put it like this. When as a child I, I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I waxed more bold, time strolled. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. And and when older still, I daily grew, time flew. Soon I shall find in passing on, time gone. And the writer makes this exclamation, O Christ, will thou have saved me then? Nobody lives forever, right? In this, on this planet, in, in this form. We're born, we live 30, 40, 50, 60 years. If we're strong and healthy, 70, 80, 90, you might even make it to 100, but... Everybody eventually dies. And so the only difference is that some of us know, realize it, and and the rest of us act like we're going to be here forever. You know anybody like that? And so James gives us this sober reminder that our lives are really like a vapor or like a a mist. And then number three, there is in this text a wise alternative. In verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, We will live and do this or that. You see, isn't this a better way than the kind of arrogance that would presume that we know everything and that whatever we set out to do, it's got to work the way we plan it because it's us. This this is so crucial uh, to know uh, because we don't know all of what God's will is for the future. We don't know everything that lies ahead. And, and some, someone once said this, and I think it was a wise statement. Do you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. <laughs> What's the importance of saying, as he says, if it is the Lord's will? Those words don't mean anything just reciting them. And I, I tell you, I, for a number of years, I didn't like saying that kind of stuff. Why? Because I grew up around some wonderful, devout, spirit-filled people who... Just everything was, you know, if the, Lord, if the Lord will, if the Lord say the same. You ever heard that one, if the Lord say the same? And so it's like, um, you want to meet me for lunch? I'll be there at four if the Lord say the same. And I'm like, oh, I got so tired of saying it. I'll be there, you know, let, are we going to get together? To, 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 are we going to go out to eat next week? Well, if it's the, the Lord's will, you know. Um, you know, are you going to work tomorrow? If the, you know, I'm like, and, for, and, and, and see, I was probably in error because these people were coming from a, a biblical place, although sometimes I felt like people just say that because it becomes a thing to say. 
And so the words don't really mean anything if you just say them because it's not another magic formula. We have a lot of formulas and incantations. Sometimes we think, as Christians, sometimes we say biblical stuff, but we don't mean it or think about the implications or the ramifications of it, that somehow it has, it, it, it has some meaning. But what James is getting at is that these, these three words are very important because they point us away from ourselves and they point our attention to the God who is our creator. You remember when Paul visited Ephesus and he was recorded in Acts 18, the, the believers there, they asked him to stay on a little while longer as he was preparing to leave. And he, he declined to stay because he had other plans. But in verse 21 of Acts 18, he says this, I will come back if it is God's will. May I suggest to you that that's how we should all think and that's how we should all speak. We make our plans. We, we set our schedule. But we leave the working out of it in God's hands. Paul's saying, I I might come back. I I want to come back. I I intend to come back. But all of it is subject to the will of God. If only God wills. Now, you bold people of faith, you mighty men of faith and power, you you sanctified sisters in the house this morning. I just want to just want to remind you if the apostle Paul didn't know his own future how do we, how can we know ours Proverbs 16:9 tells us this in their hearts humans plan their course but the Lord establishes their steps If you know anything about the seven habits of highly effective people Stephen Covey uh, one of the habits is this begin with the end in mind and on that I, can, I think that Kobe was exactly right because that's the way God does things. He begins with the end in mind. We don't make the mistake of thinking we'll be here forever. The only thing that matters is doing the will of God and considering God's, God's will in all of our plans is a very wise and a very important alternative to the foolish boasting we see on the part of those who say, this is what I'm going to do, right? And then finally, in, ver- in verse 16 and 17, number four, a solemn warning. And James says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. So he's addressing boasting here. And boasting is foolish. Why? Because you don't control your own future. But boasting is not only foolish here, but he says it is also what? Evil, right? It's evil because when we boast, we put ourselves in the position of God. James is saying this, it's a sin to live as if you'll never die. That's the ultimate act of presumption. We all like to feel indispensable and we are until we aren't. Let me say that again. We all like to feel indispensable and we are. Until we aren't. So it doesn't really matter how long we live. What matters most is what we do with the years, with the days, the hours, with the weeks, with the months, the years that God gives us. And when I was growing up in church, I know I, I heard a lot of stuff. You, you, get, you, you hear a lot of stuff I heard when I was growing up. Some of you heard it too. We used to say this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm really not a turn-to-your-neighbor kind of preacher, but turn, turn to the person next to you and just remind them, only what's done for Christ will last. And so as we 
close out 2019. We look forward to 2020. Make your plans. Set your goals. Dream big dreams. Aspire for great things. But after you've done all of that, after you've set your goals, after you've made your plans, after you've, you've aspired great aspirations, after you, you've, you've dreamed these wonderful dreams and all the things that you can come up with that God has placed in your heart or you feel God's placed in your heart, do this. Commit it all to the Lord. Give it all to God. Make it all subject to His will and His purpose. And in all of it, keep an open heart and an open mind to the will and the purpose of God for your life. That's the message of this passage. Um, after the years of, after World War II, Bob Pierce founded World Vision, which was a humanitarian agency that helps hurting people, as, as a, one of those arms of the church that does great work in ministering to the, the real needs of people uh, in the name of Jesus. And near the end of his life, he was asked how uh, he accounted for what God had done through him. And he, he replied that early on, he learned to pray a very simple prayer. And this is what he prayed. Lord, I give you the right to change my agenda anytime you like without informing me in advance. Lord, I give you the right to change my agenda at any time without informing me in advance. And that's the kind of prayer that God can and will answer because it's based on the truth uh, that God is God and that God has the absolute right. We call it God's sovereignty. He has the absolute right to do whatever he wants. And so perhaps we come out of this with this one reality that maybe may not make you feel so good, but really, again, the the more mature you become in the faith and the older you become, and the more mature you, you become as a person, you realize this, we're not really in control of anything. And a deafening silence fell upon the crowd. That's a hard truth for us to confront because most of us, we tend to be control freaks and we want to rule over our little corner of the universe. But that really is a conceited and arrogant attitude. You are not the master of your fate. You're not the captain of your soul. And the sooner you realize realize that, the happier you'll be. So again, make your plans. Dream your dreams. But hold your plans and your dreams lightly because you don't control the future. We've probably had enough of, I mean, insurance commercials, Geico, Liberty Mutual, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, there is Allstate with Dennis Hasbrook. You're in good hands with Allstate. <laughs> we've seen that commercial. We've heard that. We've been hearing that. I've been hearing that. I think all my life I've been hearing it. You're in good hands. And then, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> I'll stick with AAA, thank you. But, 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 but. <laughs> You know, next thing a little guy, a little gecko is going to run up here. I don't know, but but you know, we've heard that you're in you're in good hands with Allstate, and that that might uh, my my dad was always always carried Allstate, so I guess that was okay. I had a couple of accidents when I was young, and they they took care of me. <laughs> so I know about accidents when you're a young man, <laughs> but if that's true to any degree of an insurance company, come on, you know how much more is that really true for real? No advertising. Uh, slogan here, no, no, no hype. How much is that true of our Heavenly Father? You are in good hands with God. You're in good hands with Jesus. If you commit your way to Him, He will take care of you. You're, good hand, you're in good hands when you put your hand in the hand of the one who rules the universe. Put your life in His hands and you will never, ever be disappointed. You'll, you'll never, ever be made ashamed. 
and I was a younger musician in church, many times I accompanied singers who sang this song. The lyrics went like this. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from the sunshine for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him for he knows what lies ahead. And this was the, what we would call the hook, the chorus. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. I know who holds tomorrow. I know who holds my hand. Listen, I, I'm a, I can speak all kinds of positive words and blessings and platitudes over us this morning and say that 2020s, you know, I, I told you this stuff. I'm I, you know, you're just, you're just 30,000 people in a, in a stadium, in a church. And they said, this is, and, and the preacher says to, to 30,000, this is going to be your year of increase. And out of that 30,000 people, that might be true for a hundred of them. I don't know. It might be true for 25,000, but out of any given population, somebody's going to get sick. Somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to lose a job. Somebody's going to encounter a tragedy that they didn't expect. Somebody's going to have to go through something that they really don't deserve to go through and that they didn't expect to go through because that's life. And if I told you otherwise, I'd be lying to you. If I told you that if you just, if you just, if you just serve Jesus and pay your tithes and love God, that everything's going to go exactly how you want it. And you, and you set up and you make your resolutions and all of them are going to perfectly fall in line because it's you after all. I can't tell you that. I can tell you this, that no matter what you go through, no matter what you're faced with, no matter what reversals that you encounter, no matter what difficulties that you have to walk through, if you put your hand in the hand of the one who controls the universe, he will take you through that and he will bring you out better than you went in. He will bring you out into, in a place of victory. And that Victory is not the absence of going through something. Victory is going through something and coming out on the other side better than you went in. Amen. So I don't know what this year holds. I, I uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, back in the, uh, like in the nineties, it was easier when we got into 10,000, you know, churches, we used to get, we could have clever slogans like, uh, you know, uh, breakthrough in 92, uh, uh, get, getting free in 93, uh, uh, believing for more in 94, no jive in 95, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, giving the, making the devil take his licks in 96, uh, uh, a little taste of seven in, 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 in 97, uh, feeling great in 98, uh, feeling, you know, I, we used to, that, and, and that's wonderful. And so, I mean, uh, we can believe God for plenty in 2020. I, I don't know, you know, but, but, but in the midst of all that, Know that no matter what you face, and you may face some things you didn't anticipate, you don't know what tomorrow holds, but God does, and God's got this, and he has you. Amen? And so we're going to, listen, amen. So what we're going to do, because last year this time we came together, and at the last service of the year, and we, we, we testified and encouraged one another and worshiped and gave thanks for that year. And look forward to the new one. And the first Sunday comes, and we'll, I'll, we'll preach something encouraging for the new year, or we'll give whatever the, God gives us. Right? And we went to that, and there was, so here we are, the end of another year, and we are getting ready to start a new one. And I don't know what this year holds, but I anticipate. I anticipate God's people gathering together, and I, I anticipate us being able to share the story through every chapter of your life story. God having received the glory because he brought you through, because he held your hand, because he, he was leading you and guiding you, because his will was done in your life. Even when you thought 
you, you thought it was going to go another way, but you committed your future, your plans, your dreams to God, and he blessed you and brought you out on the other side. Amen? And so don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Give him praise already for what God's going to do in this year to come. For his provision, for his sustenance, for his keeping power in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your presence in this place among your people today. And you, you promised that when we come together in your name, you, you promised to grace us with your presence. And you, you do that all, even when we don't realize it. But I thank you for a group of people that, that acknowledges it and senses and realizes it and respects and appreciates your presence in, in, in Christian community. And this morning we have worshipped, we've, we've shared, uh, shared some of our story, we've rejoiced, we've, we've been we we reflected we've we've prayed we've read the scripture this morning we thank you for for um, uh, for this year that you've brought us through i think about lord 2 years ago we were at the end of that year we were sh- all shocked to to suddenly lose our brother alvin he had been here playing the bass with us singing his heart out and we were laughing as we on that on that that sunday right right after christmas we were laughing as we left church together and and talking, and who would have known that two days later I received a call that he was in the ER, and before I could get there, he was gone. And we were blown away. We didn't expect that, and it was painful. But, Lord, you brought us through that. You brought his family through that. You brought people together to encourage one another. And you were glorified because his testimony and the story of who he was and the, the love and the legacy that he had left behind, that, 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 was, that was, it was shared and, and celebrated. Lord, we, we don't know what this year will hold but we know that you will hold us. And so we commit our plans to you. Lord, there, 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 there are those who will start businesses this year, and we pray, pray your blessing on that. There are those who will launch careers this year. We, we, we pray your blessing on, on that. There are those who will do new things in ministry this year, and we pray your blessing on that. There are, there are babies that will be born this year. There are marriages that will take place. That certainly happened last year, and there's, there's a, I can think of at least one or two, one that I can think of that's on the way. Lord, as we go through this next year, we don't know exactly what will happen, but we know this, that you will remain faithful because you are a faithful God, that you will keep your word, you will, that you will keep your promises, and that we can stand on your promises. We can rest in your promises. So we thank you for that, and we rejoice in that. We give thanks for bringing us through this year and bringing us to, to, today. We could come together with a shout and with, with, with joy and with with. with, with with laughter and with, with, with anticipation. We thank you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Lord, if there's anyone here that's sick this morning, we just we speak healing in the name of Jesus. If you need a touch in your body this morning, slip up your hand where you are. Yes, Lord, we, <clears throat> we thank you for your healing touch in the lives of your people in the name of Jesus. There's some here this morning that might be struggling with, with discouragement, struggling emotionally. Lord, would you lift them up? I'm reminded that that, that David came to know you as, 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 his, as his glory and the lifter of his head. Lord, would you lift up the heads of those that are bowed down in shame and discouragement, Lord? Confusion in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.